Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Good morning, everyone. Welcome here to Strength to Strength on the last Saturday of 2023. It's hard to believe another year has come and gone. And here we are looking at, uh, looking at a new one, reflecting on an old one. I don't know what it is about the turn of the year that lends itself so well to reflecting, looking back over the year, thinking about the experiences that we've had, thinking about our journey with the Lord and considering what God has done in our lives. And that's the purpose of our meeting here this morning. Um, we have a couple of brothers lined up to share and reflect on the work that God has done in their lives. And in thinking about strength to strength and gathering here, you know, every other week and thinking about the work of God that has gone on with this, um, we are humbled to see God use this platform in the way that he has. Uh, there's been many biblical Christ-centered talks that we've posted, um, faithful brothers and sisters who have shared on this platform and on Strength to Strength Sisters and have um, committed much time and effort into humbly serving in giving talks. And also, um, we were able to launch S2S Books, which I think that idea came about, I don't know, about eight months ago. So in 2023, um, that idea came to one of the brothers here. And now we've seen that bookstore, online bookstore take off. Um, we've sold more than 1,300 books here in the last month and a half or so. And not only that, we've also published a couple books and there's more on the way. Um, we're grateful to see what God is doing with this. And we're really, our goal is to get biblical content out to the world and to use this platform as a means of doing so. Um, you can go onto the Strength to Strength website to find the books. And if you're listening, our email is contact at strengthtostrength.org and we'll send you a flyer for that. Um, on the sisters side, um, we've seen a tremendous, tremendous growth on that platform as well. And we've also been able to establish a, um, a mentor group that we started in May. Um, there's been a lot of sisters contacting, looking for advice and for mentorship. And so we've been able to start a mentor group of five older sisters who have devoted their time to walking with um, young mothers and uh, young sisters who are looking for godly women that can pour into their lives. So we're grateful for what they are doing there. There's so many so many things when you stop and think about it that God has been doing, and we are grateful and humbled to see his hand uh, working in this way. And um, so I'm looking forward to hearing 
what God has been doing in the brothers who will be sharing here this morning. The first one will be Kyle Yule from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Before we do that, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, the only wise God, the only true God, we are so grateful to know you and that you have called us unto yourself and that you have revealed your will and your plan in our lives to us through your written word. Thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit who directs us every day. Lord, as we reflect over the past year, I know we are creatures of time and you are eternal, but you understand that these things mean something to us. And as we reflect over the past year, we can see your hand at work and it fills us with joy and gratitude to know that Almighty God cares about the goings on here in our lives. And thank you for directing us. Thank you for providing the means for so much of the work in the kingdom to go on. Thank you for providing our everyday needs. Thank you for brothers and sisters who have poured their lives out on the altar to advance the kingdom here on the earth, sacrifice their lives, a living sacrifice. Father, I um, think about the year ahead and there's so much grace and provision needed and we want to look forward with hope and with joy knowing that just as in the past year you will lead us once again and if the time comes for this um, time here on the earth to end we rejoice to think about seeing you face to face father bless the brothers that shared this morning um, pray that your spirit would strengthen them and that they would share with honesty and clarity. And we want to glorify you in the things that we hear. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Brother Kyle. All right. Um, so good morning. I'll do a short introduction and then I can get into things. Uh, so my name is Kyle Yule. I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania going to a non-denominational church. Um, my life was challenged when a friend of mine had asked me to read through the New Testament with him. Shortly after that, I was given a bunch of David Bristow's books, um, and they opened my eyes to the early Christian writings in the Anabaptists. In about August of 2021, I looked up the closest Anabaptist church to me, and it showed up it was about half an hour away. Uh, I ended up showing up about 10 minutes late to a very conservative Mennonite church in jeans and a t-shirt with my red car. Um, and after the service, I was blown away with the hospitality and kindness that everyone had showed me. It truly won my heart. My then girlfriend and now wife, Lily, and I started down a journey that I thank God for every day. After much consideration and prayer, we moved to Chambersburg in July of this year, and God has shown me many, many blessings uh, looking back on this past year. And as I was looking back, I had kind of stumbled upon three main ones that had kept coming to mind. And so I'll just go through those three. And the first one is community. Uh, I believe it is one of the biggest blessings in Christianity, one that too many Christians that I have known have missed out on. Uh, community is one of those things that I would have thought I had a lot of growing up. 
uh, going to church. I enjoyed Sundays, meeting with all of the people I knew, listening to a message, worshiping, and volunteering. I built a lot of really solid relationships at my old church. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't right after service had ended. I would always go home and I'd long for that next week to come so I could build those relationships back again and see those people and visit and worship God. And it wasn't until I intended, attended an Anabaptist church that I realized I only had a taste of what community actually could be. The idea that there is a group of people pursuing Christianity together, each holding each other accountable and helping each other grow. This was both fascinating and terrifying for so long. It was just a foreign concept. Growing up, it was just my relationship with God and my help was going to come from Christ alone. But I've learned over the past year without other brothers and sisters, it would be very hard to continue to walk as a follower of Christ. It's, it's often funny um, as I talk with a lot of my relatives and they refer to the church that Lily and I go to as our community. Um, and it oftentimes that they'll just use the word community instead of church. Uh, not that I mind. And but I'll, we'll get asked questions like, does anybody in your community do leatherworking or gardening or sewing? Um, and I've noticed over the past couple of years that they use this term community and church almost interchangeably. Uh, they substitute each one for each other. And yet when I talk to them about their church, community is not something that they would come in the forefront with. Um, and they recognize the beauty of intentional relationships and the power that it has but they only pair it with certain groups of people and not the people of God as a whole. And when I think about this, it, it breaks my heart because I deeply believe this is so much of what God wants for his people uh, to dwell together in unity, not just unity that his son saves them or unity that they live close to each other or unity that they all look the same or unity that they all go to the same church. I believe God wants his people to dwell together in unity to show those around them the image of Jesus. And it wasn't until my journey down the kingdom road that it first dawned on me that I could pray, I could give all I have, I could dress modestly, be non-resistant. But if I don't love my brother, if I don't prefer him over myself, then I'm good for nothing but to be cast underfoot. And it was with this realization that everything started to shape into focus. The kingdom of God was much greater than I knew it. It was, like Jesus said, it was a mustard seed or a little bit of leaven. And it is and continues to consume my life and see it in everything that I do. And when we moved to Chambersburg at the end of July, um, 
I was a little uneasy. It all happened really fast. We had our whole apartment packed up in about, I think, two hours. Um, a couple brothers came up from Chambersburg and my dad and some friends helped us pack everything up onto a trailer. We had got all packed up before lunchtime and then took the two and a half hour drive down south. And I remember pulling around the corner and to our apartment building and there was every, there was so many people. It flooded the, the whole lawn of the apartment. And I remember I almost hit, there's a little pedestrian sign standing in the middle of the walkway and I almost hit it because I was just smiling so much. And um, I pulled in and it took us about half that time to unpack our entire apartment. And it was just beautiful to see all these people fill the front lawn of the apartment and to be excited to help us move in. However, once we were there and all the boxes were unpacked, reality set in. All of our old friends and family are no longer 10 minutes away from us. I can't just go over to my mom's house, my dad's house, my mom and dad's house and spend the, the evening with them. And these questions started to fill our mind. Will this be worth it? Did we make the right decision? Will it be all we hoped it will be? But one by one, these questions started to fade away when we received so many invitations. The church welcomed us with open arms. And at some point, we felt like we're right where we belong. They invited us into their homes and lives and have blessed us immensely. And I can say that without doubt, if it was not for the strong desire that they had of wanting to spend intentional time with us, we really would not have been able to move away. It's interesting, um, Bryant, you had asked me to recap the year, and I feel like these past couple of years have all kind of blended together so quickly. Um, and one of those the aspects that had really stuck out to me was answered prayers. Um, I don't think I could mention this without recapping my entire journey um, because it was an absolutely a major part of our entire journey. We got to witness many of our deep heartfelt prayers that we poured out to God get answered. There were many difficulties and struggles that we had gone through when we had first started to journey down um, the kingdom road. It often led to numerous hours of tear-filled prayers, prayers that God heard, but he waited to answer. And as I'd said, my kingdom journey started in 2021, and the concerns we received about our changes started shortly after. Uh, now, to be clear, none of these oppositions were out of hatred or malice. I genuinely believe they were all out of extreme love for us and genuine concern. But in actuality, it probably made it harder. Uh, the people who we cared about and had a big influence in our lives were not questioning the churches we were going to and the changes we were making. And we prayed for wisdom and direction. We prayed for guidance and answers. And for around two years, we would get these little glimpses almost as if God was 
letting us go through the trials and watching us to see what we would do. And I think on the end of it, our faith was strengthened greatly, and I'm sure we are stronger for it. I also can't help but think back on all of the times that we had met people and told them our testimony, and it was almost immediately they're like, oh, we'll be praying for you. Um, and it was everybody we came in contact with. The amount of times we heard it was just amazing. And I genuinely believe that their prayers greatly helped us in our time of discouragement and need. And then my third point uh, is kind of my overarching one. And that's that God has shown me over this past year to not live a life but to not live a stagnant Christian life. Um, when opportunities arise, I should jump on them, even if it is uncomfortable. Looking back on my journey, there are so many things that I would have never done if it was not for the courage that God has given me. I remember driving over um, the little hill to go to the, the Mennonite church for the first time, and all of these anxieties filled me, and I looked over and it's all these black cars lined up and here I am in my red Subaru and I said, you know what? I'm already here. And so I pulled up the driveway and um, it definitely was not by from my own courage because I am a tend to be a more of an inward man. And to be fair, I still have a lot of growing to do in this area. It is just as much a challenge for me but I can honestly say that I've never regretted stepping out of my comfort zone to do something for the kingdom of God. And I've been challenged over and over by the account in Matthew 14 and the parallel account where Peter steps out of the boat and he walks on the water towards Jesus. I've usually heard this in a way that focused on Peter's failure, that he had let the storms and the wind distract him from his soul focus on Jesus and that's when he started to sink and that when we focus on Christ and don't lose sight that we can endure the storm and I do believe that is very true however in this past year I've put myself in Peter's shoes and it has given me a new perspective um, so I'm just going to read Matthew 14 uh, 30 or 25 to 33 it says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to think, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. 
and I didn't know this. The fourth watch is the hours of three and six a.m. And so they've been on this boat for all night, uh, bearing the wind and rain and rowing. And they see a, a man walking on the water towards them, and they get afraid and call out that it's a ghost. And Jesus tells them that it's him, and that they should not worry and not, don't be afraid. And what I find amazing is that. Peter decides that he no longer wants to be in the boat. Like, I don't, I don't want the boat. I want to be with Christ. And so he asks Jesus to command him to come and he gets out of the boat. And yes, Peter does uh, make a mistake. For that brief moment, he, he sees the wind and the boisterous and he starts to sink. But he was the only disciple that got out of the boat. None of the others had the had the courage or whatever you want to call it to ask to come out of the boat. And it amazes me because Peter gets to experience Jesus reaching down and saving him from drowning. Peter has this intimate experience with Christ all because he decided to be courageous. And looking at that and then looking back on my life and looking forward, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity to walk with Jesus on the water. I've been challenged over my past year. And in order to have these opportunities, I need to step out of the boat. I need to realize that in order to further my relationship with Christ, in order to experience his love, whether it's within the church or on a relational level, I can't just live a stagnant life, which means that I need to engage in church life, need to engage in all aspects of the kingdom of God. And if my life becomes stagnant, well, then maybe I should evaluate where I'm standing. When I think of the term stagnant Christian, I often think of my own life, one where I was just comfortable doing the bare minimum and yet still ascribing to the example of Christianity around me. It wasn't until I read the teachings of Jesus and the apostles that my life was radically challenged. How do I live more like Jesus? What needs to change? And when should I step out of the boat? And that is all that I have. Thank you so much. Um, we rejoice with you at the work of God in your life. It is so beautiful to hear um, hear your story and hear what God is doing. And it's, it's exciting. It really is. Um, I forgot to mention before we started this that we would open it up for discussion after each brother shared. So if any of you have any questions or comments or encouragements for Brother Kyle, um, you're free to share them now. It's amazing to see what God can do when people are willing to just lay it all down and follow him. I'm curious, you mentioned that somebody had mentioned or you'd read, read through the New Testament with a friend and this was 
sort of a turning point in your journey. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. So you had grown up in a, in a church. And so you would have been familiar with the teachings of Christ or, or known that they were there or had read them at some point. I'm curious to what was, what was significant about that time? Well, um, like all major things that happened in the past couple of years, it was COVID. Uh, and I had never really read through my Bible before. Um, I kind of just went to church and experienced it as, well, that was my, that was my God time and I really loved it. But I just, I never took it home with me or never lived it out in a day to day action. And it wasn't until COVID that I kind of, we missed that. Everything shut down and like, well, you know, I do miss this and it is something that is a very big part of my life. And so I started, one of my friends had come home from, uh, he was out at state college and he, uh, yeah, he had challenged me to read through the new Testament with him. And I did. And yeah, I was just, I was blown away at how much stuff I was not doing and how much mm-hmm. stuff that I, uh, needed to, needed to do. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. There's two things that, uh, stand out to me in that. Um, the first one being that you can profess Christianity and think, you know, for many years and gloss over scriptures and, and sort of just appear, look at everything through sort of a blurry lens. So it never really comes out at you. And the second thing is, is that if you read the word for what it is, it has power, transforming power and is able to open the eyes of the blind, basically. Um, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Does anyone else have any questions or encouragements? Thank you, Kyle, for sharing your, your testimony here this morning, being willing to do that. I know that these kind of things take you outside of your comfort zone. Um, so thank you for stepping out in the water, but you've been doing this now for quite a while. So you're, you're stepping out and the water muscles are getting pretty strong. So yeah. uh, thank you for being willing to do that. So I remember clearly the morning that you text me, Kyle, I uh, thank you and your wife for coming to state college. You want to know if you could just, if you could meet up. Um, I think you were listening to strength to strength at that time, I believe. Um, and so I, I, I remember you, know, you and your wife walking into our cafe there and meeting with you and realizing that, wow, you know, this is a, a young couple who had just gotten married maybe three or four months before and through your courtship, you were on this kingdom journey and your wife, Lily was, 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 um, watching you, uh, and grappling with a lot of, with all the big things that you were grappling with on this journey. And I just find it so amazing how, um, you, you together walk through this and, um, and I think maybe, uh, if I'm right, uh, your wife would have veiled for the first time, maybe at your wedding, I, I think. Uh, I'm not sure how that all was, but, uh, anyhow, just, it's, it's, it's incredible to, uh, to listen to your journey. Um, in thinking about, um, in thinking about, so we have a lot of people who are listening here, Kyle, um, uh, who are contemplating, um, joining up with a, a kingdom and a Baptist community or 
or, or grappling with these big ideas. Um, and I'm curious if you could just give a little bit how you went from, you know, reading in scripture, I think, and reading Berceau to actually going to a church. How did you find that church? Maybe a little more details here. So for those who are really trying to, you know, who are maybe fearful or maybe not even knowing how to move forward to find a community, how did you do that? And kind of what, what did that look like? Yeah. Um, it definitely is a long process. And I remember I had wrestled for months from the time of coming to these convictions of the teachings of Jesus and finally just saying, you know what? I'm, and I typed up in Google nearest Anabaptist church to me and I just found the times in the way. Um, but yeah, I know. Strength to strength has been such a big encouragement and help for both my wife and I. Um, that is how we found churches. I listened to all the people and uh, they go to this church and I'd write it down and then look up how far it was and go and travel. And, um, but yeah, it, it, there was such, there was a time that it was such a big burden on my heart to find like-minded people and, I call it being desperate or whatever you want to. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't really, that's a good question, right? Um, well, you know, Carl, and I think too is what you just said there, you had a desire to find like-minded people and you were willing to do what it took to find that. And I think that is such a powerful testimony of, uh, and even a beautiful conviction, a very biblical conviction that you, that you gained and that you had. Um, and, and isn't that so true as, as you have took those steps and have found a church community to journey with how, and your, your testament was how powerful that's been, um, and just building you up in the faith. And I, and that, isn't that what community is about? And, uh, and so that's beautiful. And I think that many people miss out on that because you're not willing to take that step. Um, and I, you know, and I'm not here to, to in any way, uh, push anyone down who hasn't taken that step. I, mean, I grew up in it. <laughs> um, you know, and so it's, it's really, it's a beautiful to hear your testimony, Kyle, um, and how you followed through with that. And I, and I, I just, um, my hat is off to you. <laughs> so as you've taken that journey, so God bless you, brother. And then we have listeners too, you know, from other parts of the world who have nobody near them. And so there's, uh, it's our, it's a burden for us to see more of more communities that we can point towards. Man. You had three points. Um, first one was community. I love the, your testimony of finding community and, um, brothers and sisters who, would gather around and love you. And it's a challenge to all of us to hear that and to reflect that in the communities we live in. And the, the second one was answered prayer. And I think we can all um, testify to when we take God seriously, he takes us seriously. He answers our prayers and 
it's interesting to reflect on times when we prayed and we we almost forgot we prayed or asked for something and then we see it coming out in our lives and God didn't forget. I was greatly encouraged by that. And your third point, I missed your third point. Um, what was that again? It was uh, to not live a, a stagnant Christian life. Right. Yeah. Um, you won't find the community and you won't find the answered prayer in a stagnant Christian life. Mm-hmm. That's good. Does anyone else have anything to share? I have a question. Uh, I hope it isn't too outside the box. Uh, Kyle, coming from a non-Anabaptist environment, I was curious if you noticed anything about the Anabaptists that you think maybe could be a little different or maybe not quite as biblical as uh, the Anabaptists would like to think. Have you noticed anything that's maybe a little questionable? Yeah, um, that would be one of the main reasons why we didn't stay at the first Mennonite church that we had gone to. Um, there was a lot of things that it, it's hard to, to pinpoint without maybe poking at them, but it is, uh, it was very hard for my wife to just ascribe to all these standards that they had laid on. Um, and, I get that that keeps them around and they're there for such a long time because of those. But I do think it, it does kind of limit the amount of people coming in. Um, not that I don't agree with brotherhood agreements and their standards. I just, yeah. Some of the other ones, I guess make it a little harder for, for people to just jump right in and plug in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you, Kyle, for sharing that. I think we'll move on uh, to Brother Darren. Now, Darren is coming to you from Calgary, actually about a one-minute drive northeast of where I'm sitting right now. And Darren is my brother-in-law, and I would say that he married my sister I don't know, 17 years ago, something like that. And at the time, I didn't know him that well. And I, I felt like I didn't know him very well for many, many years. But we've been living in the same community now um, since the summertime. And we're working together every day. And I'll say that I know him a lot better than I have at any other point in my life. And I've really grown to appreciate him and I am grateful to be here in Calgary serving with him. Um, I'm excited to hear what he has to say about um, what God has been doing in their lives because I've been, I've had a front row seat to a lot of that over the past few years. So go ahead, Darren. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's really great to be here um, and share. Um, what's on my heart. Um, I appreciated, uh, Kyle, I appreciated your talk. And uh, I guess the burden of what I have to share this morning is going to, I'm going to build on what you shared about um, 
Peter walking on the water. Um, my burden this morning is to, and my purpose in sharing is to inspire anyone who might um, desire to be part of a uh, going out and sharing the gospel, um, you know, in a new church plant, but is held back by fear or common sense. Um, and those two things are, are, are big. Um, you think of Peter stepping out of the boat. That was completely non, non, it just was not a, a, a common sense thing to do. And the rest of the disciples, you know, they were, they were being wise and, and sitting in the boat. And, uh, I mean, who walks on water? And I, I'm just inspired by Peter's faith to step out. And I guess what I plan to share, um, if it can be in some way inspire someone to, to step out in faith and follow the Lord's leading, that would be my desire. So like was mentioned, uh, we're, we're living here in Calgary, Alberta. Um, it's a large city, um, 1.3 million or more. Um, we just moved here in, in uh, July, I guess, of this year. And our desire here is to, uh, to share the gospel. Um, Bryant uh, asked me earlier to share what the Lord has been doing in the last year. Um, if I would only share what happened in the last year, it would be a little bit, uh, lopsided. You probably wouldn't understand the context. So I'm going to go back a little further and pull out some, uh, some, some key things that happened in our lives here. Um, before that. So I was raised in, uh, Danskin, British Columbia, very, uh, remote place in British Columbia, a three hour drive from the nearest city, um, including a ferry ride. So, um, very, very remote. And so, uh, I want to dispel any ideas that we might have that, oh, I was raised, like we say in the back 40, I can't, I can't be part of an inner, ch- inner city church plant. Um, come talk to me about that after because it's by God's grace, it is possible and not only possible, but we can thrive and learn by God's grace to, to enjoy, um, being around a lot of people. Our journey started, uh, many years ago, probably five or six, um, in, in, uh, my wife and I, we just, we desired to be useful. We saw many needs in our lives. Um, we weren't following Christ and we, we were listening to a lot of online, um, content, Christian content, kingdom content. And the interesting thing that happened to, to myself especially was you can listen to good preaching and teaching for years, but you will come to, uh, we came to a place where it was like, this is a call to action. This teaching is, is calling us to, to do something. It's not, it's not just about listening to good teaching and living a, a holy life, which those are very important things, but it's the call of the gospel, the call that the Bible is laying out is to 
to enable us and to to be active in sharing the gospel. And uh, that happened to us, um, I would say it was about three to four years ago. Um, so by vocation, I was a truck driver. I owned my own units and was on the road for 18 years. And uh, it's a good place to listen to good preaching, but I remember the time where it dawned on me, what am I going to do with this with this teaching? Am I going to just sit here and, and in this truck for the next 18 years, or am I going to believe this message and go out and share the gospel? And and that that was a a big step in our lives when we realized that this is this is a call for action. Um, quickly moving forward. Um, through our studies and our, of the Bible and, and encouragement from others. Um, my wife and I were both baptized as believers. This was in October of 2021. And after that point, I believe it was God's, God's leading. And, uh, through that act of obedience, I believe it was when God opened the door and said, here, this is something else I would like you to do. And it, it was the, a couple of days after that experience that we felt very, very strong, um, leading to sell our farm. Um, I was a trucker, um, full time as well as a farmer full time. We had cattle and horses and, and things. And that was something that had never crossed my mind before that that I would actually sell those things and um, work in the kingdom full time. It had just never entered my mind. And I felt like that was God's, God's voice. And, and so we did that. Um, it took, took some time. Um, that was, I guess, just over two years ago now. And we were given the opportunity, um, let me back up a little bit. As we decided to do this, there was there was several other families um, living in our area that that shared the same vision and and conviction to to go. Um, we're very familiar, all of us, I'm sure, with the Great Commission, um, where Jesus says, "Go therefore and make disciples," and that was part of the inspiration um and i feel like it was amazing how to me it was the leading of god where as we discussed this with several other families that that very quickly um calgary was the place that we felt led to go there was no disagreement argument it was just it just fell in our laps and we have never questioned that it's always felt like even though we've went through a lot of hardship, it felt like this is the place to be. And I, that inspires me. Um, there's another passage that has stood out to me in, in the gospel of Luke that I'd like to share. Um, you know, the great commission is, is great. Um, that's what we need to be doing. But I was also inspired by, um, Luke 10, the verse couple verses there. It's it's a little bit of a different commission or to different people. It's where uh, 
I'll just read the first two verses. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I guess I would, I would, I would like to, to share and, uh, hopefully inspire us to, to look at the, what Jesus was, was doing here. He was sending people out into the cities. And the key thing that I would like to, to point out is where he was going to go. And as we endeavor to plant churches across the country, I think it's important that we view the work of the church that way. Um, we didn't come to Calvary to plant a church for our own um, glory. It's for the glory of God and for the spread of the kingdom. We came here and our goal is to come here and like, like this, share the gospel. Um, we want, we are here praying for people, but it's because of God's work. It's because the Holy Spirit is, is wanting an avenue to be able to work here in the city. And I just, uh, have been really inspired to look at church planting that way. It's that it's not our work, but it's the work of God. And he uses us as an avenue to to bring the gospel so that the spirit can work. Um, our experience here in Calgary has been uh, amazing. Um, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up. As we decided to to move here, um, through much prayer and consideration, we had the opportunity, um, those of us that are here, there's three families here, um, we had the opportunity to go to Sattler College for one year, um, and we thought it would be a good idea, and it was a good idea for two reasons. Um, the first being that we studied the Bible intensely for a year, um, it was huge benefit to that. Secondly, the, we were able to, um, practice living together as a community. Um, the families that are here, we, we lived closely and we, we were an organized, basically a, a church. Um, so we had a, had a, a one year experience of living in close community and, um, encouraging each other, exhorting one another, correcting one another before we landed here. And that was a very uh, valuable um, experience. We also um, received a lot of help and encouragement from the church in Boston. Um, it was the first time I had seen, uh, you know, urban living. And it was, uh, they were a good example in a lot of ways of, of how that, can be done in a in a good way. After that, we came directly here to Calgary, um, and I will share a little bit about how much faith that took. Um, we came here um, from Boston, um, my wife and I and our eight children, um, in a van pulling a camper. We showed up here in July, and the rental market. 
uh, real estate market here is is insanely hot, and we we struggled to find a place. And I I think of those times often um, and miss them a little bit because it was our lives were basically getting up in the morning at a campsite and praying. There was nothing else to do. Um, we didn't have the financial backing. We didn't have proof of income because I had been going to school for a year. We applied and applied and applied and applied and, uh, probably 30 or 40 different homes we applied for. And it would be like, well, you haven't been working. Uh, we don't have room for eight kids. Like, what do you think? And it was, it was amazing. Finally, we, we, we saw this house come up for rent. Um, and we decided we're not going to apply. We're just going to go there. So I called the man and said, can we come look? He said, sure. So we came, um, we looked at the house and we decided it would work. And, uh, we disclosed to him the deep, dark secret that we had eight children and he almost fell over. He said, um, he was a, a Chinese man. He said, I have no idea what that's like. He said, I have one cousin. That's all. <laughs> so we were a bit of a shock to him. And, uh, the next thing was I said, well, just so you're aware, I haven't worked for, for over a year. So just so you know, he said, well, you've worked before, haven't you? He said, yeah, I have. He said, well, that's good. Um, he called us in a few days without any proof of income, without a full application. He said, I'd like to rent my house to you. And, uh, the, the relationship with our landlord here has been that way ever since. Um, he just, he can't get done offering us things and he's just excited about having us here, which is, is hard to believe. Interestingly enough, the house um, that we're living in um, with this landlord is checks a lot of the boxes that we've been praying about. Um, we hope in the future to have some kind of a ministry in the university here Um Possibly um, a cafe close. We don't know. God will show us. But interestingly enough, this house, we are within a stone's throw or a little further of the university, um, which has, I forget now, is it 20,000 students? Um, we're within an easy walk of the train station, which gets us into downtown. And it's just amazing because on our own, we couldn't even find a place. But God provided um, wonderfully in that in that in that uh, area, um, and I and I don't need to share the other people's stories, but um, the other families have stories about housing that are equally as amazing. A little bit more about uh, what it looks like here, um, what God is doing um, here. In this community, um, where Jesus said the harvest truly is great, we have found that to be very true. Um, it's it's amazing the when you move into a 
a highly populated area like this, inner city, the harvest is great. And we are not fulfilling all the needs around us, which is can be disappointing at times. Um, but the people are are open. People are lonely. People are, if you go sing at the door, are crying literally because they are lonely. And we had an experience here um, two days ago. Our next door neighbor. This is a story of of how people are not getting their needs met. The police showed up at the door here late at night, um, which is not the first time. It's happened several times just because of different things, which has been great. And it turns out our next door neighbor, um, we knew her elderly lady living by herself, died in her house. We don't know how long ago, possibly a month, possibly two months. We don't know. And it was quite an experience to go through um, police picking the lock, finding her in her house, partially decomposed. This is literally 20 feet from our house. And the harvest truly is great. The people are, are needy. There is just plenty of needs to go around um, in this city and in cities all across the country. We need to, we need to be going. We need to be getting out of the boat. Um, Christ is, is well able to enable us to walk on water. There's no problem there. The problem lies where we use common sense and fear. We're controlled by common sense and fear where we, we feel like because of, of finances or because of reputation or because of, of, um, personality per se that we stay in the boat. Uh, personality is no excuse. I, uh, personally, um, love, I'm an introverted person. The happiest place I can think of is trucking in the north, trucking in the northwest territories. You know, that's where, I just thrive personally, but in the kingdom of God, those things are not important by the grace of God. And through the spirit, we thrive wherever we are. And I just want to, to call out to those who might hold back because of those things that that's no excuse. We, we have the spirit of God in our hearts and that will enable us to to walk on water per se, whatever that might look like. One other um, way that I, I feel like God has blessed abundantly um, is through our family. Um, anyone who has a large family, I sure, I'm sure can relate where you feel inadequate, inadequate as a parent. Um, you know, we want to raise our, our children well and in a godly environment and we want to do well. But anyone who has a large family knows that if you have eight children, you're going to feel inadequate. Um, we homeschool. My wife, Linda, does the, the teaching. Um, she feels like she's not doing a good job some of the time, most of the time. But by God's grace, um, 
we are a light in this city. I will share a little experience that my wife had, um, two experiences actually. She was walking down the street and uh, a man came out of the house and said, uh, not right by our house, down the street quite a ways. She said, he said, oh, you're Linda. You're the, you're the lady that lives at 76 Butler Crescent. And you're the lady that has eight children in homeschools. And this is somebody she had never met that knew her by name, knew her, what she does, knew everything about her. And I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he, he says he wants us, the church is going to be a, a light and a city on a hill. We need to be visible. We need to be living our faith in an environment where people are coming out of their house onto the street and saying, Hey, hi, welcome here. Another instance, um, I'll share my, my wife. I don't know if she was outside in the yard or if, if the man, the person came to the door. Um, but we live kind of a unique spot here. We are on a, on a street corner. So we have a street on two sides and a back alley on the other side. So we're, we're quite exposed. I have a lot of uh, neighbors facing us. And this person came to the door and told my wife, you guys are just a, a light in this community and left. And we just give God the glory for that because everyone knows, everyone that knows us well, especially that we don't have it all together with parenting. Um, we don't have it all together with child training or any of those things, but by God's grace, um, as we endeavor to serve him to the best of our ability, he can work in and through us. And, uh, that's, that's my goal as, as we continue to share the gospel here, that we would do it in a, a way that brings people to Christ. Um, one last thing I want to share yet, um, because I think this is one of the most important things um as i look at the church plant here and as i think of inspiring others to do the same in other cities our goal or i guess if i would if i would consider how i'm going to define success i would define it as people who do not know the lord coming to christ and uh back to what i said earlier about uh, the spirit being able to work in cities where people have went and shared the gospel. We are seeing that here. Um, there's one person in particular that I'm not, I've never even seen or talked to personally, but she is, the spirit is working in her life. Very ungodly person. Um, through prayer and fasting, she is thinking about God. She's considering praying for the first time. To me, that is success. When when people are thinking about God, when people are are dissatisfied with their sinful lives and are are saying, well, maybe I need to pray. Um, that's fulfillment. From my experience, when when we are are living when we are walking on the water to the extent where 
we can't provide for our own on our own and we are turning people's faces towards Christ. I feel very fulfilled. Um, that's all I have to share. Amen, brother. Thank you for sharing that this morning. It was good for me to remember um, some things in the past year that felt like lows at the time. And I appreciate that uh, when you were reminiscing about living in the campground that you almost missed those days because of the total dependency. And hallelujah. I hope we never lose that vision of total dependency on the Lord, uh, whether we have a house or whether we don't. And I have to say, living here with you, that I've seen you, or even over the past year, year and a half, I've seen you more outside of your comfort zone than in. So um, that's definitely been the case. So praise God for his work. We'll open it up for any questions or comments that any of you might have for Brother Darren. I appreciated what you uh, mentioned about being a consumer. Um, You can listen to all the messages and feel good about learning and all of those things. But until you get up off your seat and go do something, that's all it is, is just consuming. And we're not meant to, to just absorb these things into ourselves. We're meant to grow and flourish in hearing the gospel. To whom much is given, much will be required. And um, so quickly we, we can become a cul-de-sac and not a channel. And uh, thank you, Darren, for, for being a channel. And your yeah, your lives have inspired me immensely. Um, you came through State College on the way to Calgary, um, like in May or whatever that was, and um, of this of this year, uh, and, and and you didn't have a place lined up, and you were not stressed about it. Uh, you were anticipating how God was going to move, and um, and challenged me tremendously um, in your your trust there in, in God. And I thought about this verse here. Darren, as you were sharing um, here in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five. Uh, actually, we'll start at verse four. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so, thank you, brother, for being an example of that and challenging us to be about our father's business to willing to step out and i've seen in my life um when we step out god moves he does just as with peter um so thank you kyle and darren for these challenging thoughts and god bless you there darren in calgary um a city on a hill you know when we make ourselves accessible like that whenever we um um we can become a city on a hill. People can watch us like that, kind of the, gla- the glass house theory, you know. You're living your lives. It's, it, you know, evangelism is not uh, one hour on a Sunday afternoon. It's it's just your lives. And uh, that's, that's that's amazing. It's beautiful. And may, may God continue to raise up more people like you 
to go into dark places where the light needs to go, just as Jesus commanded his disciples to. Uh, they're out of Luke, Luke 10, you challenged. Thank you, brother. Darren, I want to thank you for your simple, Darren and Kyle, thank you for your very simple and not over-engineered process in doing things. Mm-hmm. Typically, I see people think way too much about simple principles that Jesus gave us. We gotta be in the city that we're witnessing to. If we're five cities away, it's hard for people in that city to see us. I was really inspired by both of you. Kyle, I didn't get to know you while I was in Chambersburg. It's just one of them things. I was going through some processes, but thank you very much for coming on this morning. I was very inspired. That's it. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, we've definitely heard a, a challenge this morning. Go ahead, Kyle. Were you going to say something? Uh, I, yeah, Darren, thank you for um, the message. It was it was very good and a good reminder even to myself uh, to be a kind of that glass house effect and let everybody watch us. Um, Patrick, I am bummed that I haven't gotten to spend more time with you. Uh, everybody talks about you highly, and I uh, keep thinking to myself, ah, I Miss Patrick. Hey, John's got to say something. He's sitting there just not talking. Come on, brother John. We need to hear your wisdom. <laughs> I was just taking it in like they say we should, uh, do, and then we don't get up and move. <laughs> so I want, I want, I took it as a challenge to, to do uh, more of what I've heard. Thank you very much. I was very inspired by both of your testimonies. I think it's very clear. Go ahead. Kyle, thank you for your story. It's interesting how people's COVID experiences vary. Yours brought you to a a new, a new step in life. And then unfortunately we hear that the dark side, it seems there was a dividing of ways for some people. And really I learned about strength, the strength around the same time. Even though I grew up in a Mennonite environment, and it's just, I've also reached a new level in some areas. So thank you both for sharing. Just in case nobody's known about it, they started a new thing called churchindex.org. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Patrick. I was thinking about that as well when uh, Kyle mentioned that he was, you know, Googling Anabaptist Church near me. Um, there's actually a platform that is rolling out um, that puts, well, as many as we know of anyway, um, Anabaptist and Kingdom churches on a map. You go to the website and find churches near you be a very useful tool for seekers all over that's one of our goals here at strength to strength is not to replace church community 
but to lead people to other believers to find fellowship and community. And um, we want people to find their place in a body of believers. That's where we serve. This is how we um, serve Christ by living in community with each other, not on an online platform. I know these things are useful to preach the gospel, to encourage, to exhort, but it can't replace community. Sam, just maybe a little bit more about Church Index. Um, we will be doing a an interview with with uh, one of the brothers that has been behind that, um, get, creating that that platform or that online website uh, where you can go, and we'll be um, putting that on strength to strength there. And just a little bit of a uh, who was behind that, um, Patrick Matthews, who was just speaking here recently in the last year, started a group on WhatsApp um, and said, hey, brothers, we need something. We need more of a comprehensive uh, church finder online um, that has, you know, anyone who's embracing kind of some of the Mount Christianity. Uh, we, we need we need we need those those churches put on a map and uh, that's not out there. We need some somebody needs to do something about it and um, kind of out of that. Out of that kick, um, that Patrick gave us, uh, there was some brothers who stepped up the plate and have uh, been working really hard on that. So uh, you can look at anyone who has access to the Internet can look it up, uh, churchindex.org, and uh, you can submit your church on there. Uh, there's a group of brothers who are kind of processing that. And um, if you're you know, part of a church that's not on the map, uh, let us know. Anyhow, but you have more information later. So later. Thanks, thanks, Patrick, for mentioning it. Hey, I'm going to give you a stupid little story. Me, I called the two guys doing it, the brothers, the boys in Granby, Massachusetts. Anybody's been asking, I've been pointing them to the boys in Granby, Massachusetts. But when me and Glenn were talking about it originally, I was trying to get a website address and I was looking for churchfinders.org. And after I sent it to Glenn, he started chuckling because I can't spell well. I gave him crunchfinders.org. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just one of the little highlights. <laughs> that's that's really hilarious. Hi, <laughs> I would be interested in hearing you uh, describe the difference between the gospel you grew up with and the kingdom gospel. How would you describe the difference between the two? Yeah, uh, your messages were a very big part of that distinction. Um the Christianity that I grew up was was very much focused on salvation. Um, that was the end. Uh, you became a Christian to be saved. Kind of this experience that happened, and then it was a very big sift to realize that no, the gospel is the kingdom, um, and it is meant to be proclaimed from the rooftops. Uh, yeah, it definitely took a a little bit of time, um, but I listened to I think all of your messages, John, on everything on the gospel of uh, the kingdom. And it was very helpful. And I very much have a deep conviction now about what is the true gospel. So thank you. Thank you. The reason I asked that question is because 
I would have grown up with an individualistic concept of the gospel as well, and yet we always stressed community, but we didn't connect it with the teachings of Jesus on the kingdom. Uh, it was a, a Protestant gospel that we heard across the pulpit, and it was a more practical kingdom gospel that we actually were living, but we didn't understand the connection. So it's always interesting to me to hear uh, other people's uh, comparison between what they grew up with and uh, what they finally have come to understand the gospel to really mean. Thank you very much, Kyle. Isn't it the difference between salvation being end and salvation being the beginning? You see, you know, salvation being the beginning of community, of brotherhood, of serving, of bringing the kingdom of, of life, really, instead of salvation being an end. Like I've come to the cross. That's it. Now I'm waiting to go to heaven. In the meantime, I'll try to stay busy. You said it well, Sam. Uh, I say it this way. The end is a redeemed society, but God cannot have a redeemed society without redeemed individuals. Uh, so uh, the individual redemption is an extremely important part of it. But like you said, um, many people have made it an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, said if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. And I think that happens too many times for that very reason. They don't press on to the real mean, meaning of a redeemed life, which is to be part of a redeemed community. Amen. Yeah, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you two brothers for coming on here and being willing to share um, the work of God in your life. It truly is a testimony to the greatness of God. Um, in both of your testimonies, the glory was given to the Lord and that's where it is due. And I really appreciate that. And that's something that each one of us can be challenged in as we come to the end of another year. Reflect. Have I grown? Do I see the fingerprint of God on my life? Do I see the direction of the Holy Spirit? Do I see brokenness? Do I see humility? Do I see the willingness to move when God says move? Am I taking him at his word? I think that's... um can be a huge deciding factor in each one of our lives. Do I take him at his word? And are we being honest when we ask ourselves that question? Um, we can spin a narrative in our minds about who God is, about how we're serving him. And it takes some serious reflection to hold that narrative up to reality of who God is and to recognize whether that narrative is actually what's going on. And it can be sobering, but it also can be a time to rejoice, reflecting, seeing the hand of God at work, seeing those prayers answered, seeing the times when he does things in our lives that he wouldn't had to, but he does because he loves us and because we're his children. And to rejoice in that, um, because it gives us hope for the future. It gives us courage. And I was reminded recently that courage isn't the absence of fear. It's moving in spite of fear. And one thing uh, Brother Darren brought out was fear and common sense and how we can get bound up with these things 
and they can act as um, deterrents, push us aside instead of moving ahead. So I really appreciate the challenge that we've heard this morning and also just want to praise the Lord that he's a living God working with people, still calling, still moving. And I rejoice in that this morning um, and challenge each one of you to think about your life in 2023 and also think about what it's going to be in 2024. Um, our first talk of 2024 will be Brother John D. And it's God's kingdom vision for the world. And I can see that being um, an opportunity to shape a vision for the year to come, according to the will of God. God bless you all for coming on here this morning. Um, I think I'll ask Brother John D. if you'd be willing to give us a closing prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for your grace, which is not limited except by our response, because you've said that you're able to make all grace abound toward us, that we always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound into every good work. So, Lord, help us to understand the things that we are doing and saying that limit your grace and help us, Lord, to live this day maximizing the opportunities you give us to allow your grace to be displayed. Bless Brother Kyle and Brother Darren for their courage to step out and take steps into new territory for your kingdom. Bless the work in Calgary. Bless the work in Chambersburg. And, Lord, help us this day to be a demonstration of what you meant when you created man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you all for coming on the last talk of 2023. Another year in the books. I always think about when we consider these milestones, for us they're milestones, that we serve an eternal God that is not bound by time. We definitely are creatures of time and that's not a bad thing. He meant it to be that way. Rejoice in the Lord and the work that he is doing in your life. Look to the future with hope at the things that he will do in the days that come. If we serve him with humility and godly fear, go with God. Um, serve him today. Thank you for joining us. God be with you all. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 